Welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia, and today we're going to be joined by our, our good friend here, the one and only Noah Magado George, joining us from Pounding the Rock. Noah, how's it going, man? I'm good, Joe. I uh, actually just switched over to Air Alamo, so I'm, I'm kind of figuring things out over there. Okay. But aside from that, uh, you know, just adjusting the life as you know, the site expert editor in chief for a site instead of being like an assistant editor and contributor, it's a different role. I'm adjusting to it, but you know what? The Spurs are also adjusting to something that they've never experienced in a long time. So yeah. if, if they can do it, I can do it. So Noah became a free agent, I guess, and he got picked up by your <laughs> Alamo. You, you were being courted. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations either way, man. Happy for you. So Thanks, Joe. we're going to go ahead and talk about the first news that broke, uh, you know, right ahead of the trade deadline. And the Spurs were busy all the way up until the last day, you know? Um, making deals before the 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 clock struck. What was it? Two thirty or three o'clock Central Time? The deadline. Yeah, it's two two p.m. Central Time. It's like a few minutes yeah. before they got that uh, last trade snuck in there. So yeah, they were doing some deals. <laughs> yeah, so it all started with one Jakob Portal. You know, and and Spurs fans were kind of already giving Jakob his roses. You know, when the Spurs were playing the Raptors, and they're like, if in fact this is Jakob's last game, he he played a good game. I mean, he did play a good game. You know, but Coach Bob told him. No need to get on the bus, young one. <laughs> we, we just traded you. You get to stay behind here in Toronto. So the details on that uh, kind of, you know, sh shook uh, Spurs Twitter and Spurs fans um, by storm. You know, it was uh, something that they knew was was likely to happen, but they didn't think it would actually happen. Uh, but some of us uh, that have already known what the Spurs are, are kind of doing as far as the season goes and you know, looking at all the scenarios, it, it was a good move for both, not just Yaka, but for the team in general as well. And I'm glad that the Spurs are finally, you know, making uh, sound decisions when it comes to their future. And that was going ahead and trading Yuan Yaka Portal uh, to the Toronto Raptors. Uh, and Toronto is sending the Spurs a 2024 first round pick. It's protected. We don't know the details quite yet on where that is going to go, go ahead and fall for the team uh, next year but uh, number one through six and oh no there it is it is number one through six in 2024 2025 and 2026 and the Raptors sent an unprotected 2023 and 2025 second round pick as part of the trade to acquire portal from the Spurs and that was per hoops hype um, again I, I, I like the deal you know because the Spurs get something which is picks coveted picks um, and it helps solidify their future as far as, you know, rebuilding that team to to be competitive once again. Uh, what were your first impressions on the Yaka Portal trade? Yeah, I, th I think it's a good idea because reportedly Yaka Portal wanted somewhere in the ballpark of 20 plus million, not like 25, 26 million or anything like that, but, you know, around 20 million a year. That was what he wanted in free agency. And allegedly the Spurs were only wanting to offer him 16 to 18 million. So if you can't reach that agreement and you're not going to reach it during the summer, why let him walk for nothing? So you got a first round pick. You wanted two first round picks. Oh, well, you know, you got a, a really nice protection there. Top six. The Raptors are not going to be that bad. You are going to get that pick. The 2023 and 2025 picks for the second round. Those are, you know, could turn into anything. And when we saw how those second round picks were moving on trade deadline day, they were able to get you know, teams, solid rotation players. Like if the Spurs are in a position where they really want to compete in a few years and they have all these seconds, 
trade them. You can trade them to go get yourself a player who might fit into your rotation. So I thought it was a good trade. Kim Birch, the center who made the salary work for the Spurs, uh, returning from the Raptors. He's not anything special. You know, I've talked to people who cover the Raptors. He fell out of the rotation. He's 30 years old. He's you know, he's probably not going to play that much, to be honest. And if he's he does, body. it's because it's <laughs> – exactly. He's a, he's a healthy body when he's yeah. healthy. Plus, he hasn't cleared customs. He won't be with the team until after All-Star break per – uh, I, I believe it was Jeff oh, McDonald of the yeah. of the San Antonio Express News. So, you know, he's just a throw-in. But the rest of it, that's good for them. Like you mentioned, they're getting that draft capital, and that's exactly what a team in their position needs to do. Yeah, they have something crazy right now. We haven't even gotten into the Jay Rich, Josh Richardson trade. But <laughs> respectively, the Spurs from now up all the way up until 2029, they have 13 first-round picks. In total, when you look at the whole, you know, uh, pick stack, that they have right now, I believe it pans out to 23 <laughs> picks in total from now all the way up until the 2029 season, 13 of which are going to be first round picks. The others are going to be the, the second round picks, which they have a plethora of in second round picks. But the an interesting thing with the second round pick is that there's still some, some valuable players even in the second round. And if the Spurs feel like they have to have somebody you know, in in the in that first round, they could package some of these picks together and kind of move up in the draft if needed. You know, exactly, which, which could become attractive some to some teams where they're like, we know they look at this talent, they're like, well, we're already stacked at this position, but this is the best available player. If somebody wants to go ahead and utilize that player, they feel that it's going to fill a need, and they want to go ahead and give us even more picks, then so be it. You know, it might be a win-win scenario for for the Spurs and another uh, suitor, you know? So that's something to keep an eye on. But either way, the Spurs are are looking almost exactly like OKC at this point, Noah, which they're getting those picks, you know? And, and you know, got to go ahead and tip your hat to one Brian Wright because a lot of people <laughs> didn't like some of the moves he was making. And I think everybody's eating some crow right now because he's looking like he was playing chess while everybody else was playing checkers, you know? So kudos yeah. to you, Brian Wright. But... I like this, man. There's there's a lot of picks. This year's draft, again, if I'm I'm kind of looking right now at what the Spurs are doing. You know, going ahead and trading both Josh Richardson and Yaka Portal. And that's showing you the direction of the team. Now, we're going to go ahead and take a quick look here at what the Josh Richardson trade uh, all involved. And it was the Pelicans. They're trading uh, Devontae Graham, which he had a really good outing with the Spurs. We're going to get into that. And four second-round picks to San Antonio uh, for Josh Richardson. And again, Spurs fans wanted picks. Well, there you go. You got four second-round picks for Josh Richardson. I would have been happy with two. No, I'm going to be perfectly honest. But getting four <laughs> second-round picks for Josh Richardson, okay. That, that sweetens the deal a little bit. And I think the reason why it was four second-round picks is because there's still quite a, what, I think two more years left on Devontae Graham's contract. And that's probably why they went ahead and gave the Spurs the four second-round picks. But all in all, again, I think it was a quality trade uh, for both teams. I mean, what were your impressions? I thought it was a pretty good trade for both teams. I, I know that Devontae Graham makes it work financially. Um, he's not really a player I'm a huge fan of. He's kind of a throw-in again like Kim Birch to make it work with the numbers on the salary cap. But... Aside from that, you can't really be upset with all the second rounders. I mean, Josh Richardson was a really solid second unit player. And again, just like we were talking about with the Raptors, if you come back in a few years and you think, hey, 
you know, we're competitive. We're looking for that extra piece. And, you know, a, a team that has, you know, no, no real playoff chances, but a really good piece is willing to part with a really nice role player for a couple of seconds. You just got yourself four. You know, if four gets you Josh Richardson. It can probably get you a, a player of similar value down the line when you really need them. So, yeah, not a huge fan of Graham, but it's not about Graham. It's uh, it's about, you know, the picks. It's about the second round picks, what you can do with them, whether that's chasing a player who you really want to add to your rotation or you're moving up in the draft like you talked about. So I thought it was another win for the Spurs. Plus, Devontae's contract is only guaranteed, I think, for 2.2 or 2.8 million in the final year so. It's not like if they end up cutting him the final year of his contract that it's going to eat away at the salary cap. It's not. Yeah, I think right now, currently, uh, thanks to our good friend Paul Paul Garcia here, uh, the Spurs currently have, I believe, twenty four point nine million. You know, they had twenty four point nine million in space, and they moved up after their trades to twenty five point five million after you know the Graham Richardson's trade. So they actually increased uh, some of their cap space, which isn't bad. Uh, their salary floor, I think they're still, what, somewhere in the neighborhood of 12.7 or 12.9 million that they have to actually reach. If not, then they wind up paying that back to the players, you know? So yeah. not a bad thing for the players to get a little bonus, Noah. Let's be honest. They deserve you know? it. They've been going through a lot this season. <laughs> give, <laughs> give them that extra, that extra money. It's not going to hurt anybody. Yeah, it's not going to hurt anyone. But either way, I, I give the Spurs an A-plus on this, you know, getting picks again to solidify their future. Um, and currently, you know, as I stated, with the Spurs trading both Yaka Portal and Josh Richardson, it was going to send a clear message as far as where the team is wanting to go. And that is clearly that they are wanting to go ahead and rebuild. And they know that they're already in, in, in the right in the middle of a losing season. Uh, probably it's going to go down as the uh, worst season in Spurs franchise history. But that's not a bad thing because we want to go ahead and we everybody, all the Spurs fans, want the Spurs to get that high pick in the upcoming draft. Currently, uh, I believe they're what? They were the second worst team after they winded up losing to uh, both the Pistons. And what was the other team that they lost to just recently too? Uh, they played the Pistons, and then they just lost the, to Hawks. the Bulls. The Hawks. The Hawks. The that's Hawks. right. They, they played, played the Bulls the before the Pistons. Yeah, because I remember watching that game because they were playing DeJounte Murray. So they lost that game to uh, to DeJounte and the Hawks. So those two games right there really put them, I believe, at the second uh, worst record in yep. the NBA. But they're still in the hunt there with the Pistons, and I believe Charlotte's right on their heels. Yeah, and Charlotte there. Houston is there as well. Houston. So they have to kind of stay in that range, right? Yeah. So right now, I would if I, if I have to be a guessing man, I would I would suggest I would not suggest, but I would predict that the Spurs, when it's all said and done, are going to be somewhere in that neighborhood of maybe four to five. It would be you know really exciting to me if they moved up and they were at least number three. You know, if I don't hear them at number three, I'm going to get really excited. Noah. if I don't hear them at number five, I'm, my heart's going to start beating real fast. I don't hear their name <laughs> called at four. I'm going to say there's still hope. Number three comes around. I don't hear their name. I'm going to go real crazy, especially if we're on a live stream during the NBA draft. Yeah. Currently, I think it's going to probably be that four or five. I mean, what are you thinking? Yeah, I, it's tough because there are so many teams in that range. And, and the way that the NBA has flattened the draft lottery odds over the last couple of years, every team, the first three worst teams in the NBA, they're all 14% chance at that first pick. But Here's the thing. If you're the Spurs and you really want to guarantee yourself to not do any worse than, you know, the fourth pick, if you have the worst record in the NBA, you can't do any worse than four. 
So if I'm them, that's what I'm shooting for. Obviously, you're shooting for player development. You can get that along the way, but they were really, really bad. The second worst record, even with Jakob Pertl and Josh Richardson. Those two guys are gone now. I think it's safe to say that the Spurs aren't going to improve with Kim Birch and Devontae Graham. So I'm not that worried, but I feel you 100%. If the Spurs' name is not called and you know they're, it's 4-3, it's it, we're going to start partying here, right? Because <laughs> even if you don't get Victor Wimbanyama, Scoot Henderson is there. There's a few other guys who you really like there, whether that's you know Brandon Miller or either of the Thompson twins. But it, it's going to be an exciting time to be a Spurs fan, and it'll make all those losses worth the wait, right? So my heart's already beating kind of fast thinking about it, but we'll have to wait for it. It's a few more months in, in, in down the line. Yeah, you know, and I got to be honest with you, when I'm looking at it in the grand scheme of things, if you don't get that number one pick and you get number two, Scoot Henderson, I'm not mad at that. I actually no. like Scoot a lot. At number three is when it gets interesting. Uh, the team can actually decide to go with size. And if they do, Brandon might be your guy. But if you also want to go and add, add some, you know, pure athleticism, you're looking at the Thompson twins because... The both of them are, are crazy good when it comes to the, their athletic prowess, and they're intriguing. They're raw, but they're intriguing, you know. But again, it's 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 a gamble, you know. So the thing that really is um, upsetting in a way is you're looking at this year's draft, right? And you're looking through one number one through ten. Aside from just maybe one or two bigs that really stand out at you, stand out at you in this draft, it's really guard heavy you have shooting guards you have point guards that are primarily going to be your best available options at their positions if you get you know two three four i mean you know what you're going to get at two three four five you know going down the line this when it gets interesting and i think much to dismay of spurs fans if i as, as i stated it before if they're at that four position and you know they could go for size or if they want to go for best available player, you got to brace yourself because, again, that might be a point guard or shooting guard, depending on who's on the board. Um, and that's that's a conundrum that the Spurs are going to find themselves in. Again, Noah, if it's a point guard or a shooting guard, would you be upset? No, not at all, because this team doesn't really have high end talent. So, like, you know, Kelvin Johnson is fine. I, I think a lot of people see the 20 points per game and they go star. He's not a star. He's not close to an all-star. He's not that dynamic of a player. He's awesome, but he's more of a complimentary player. Devin Vassell looked like he was kind of breaking out, but really small sample size. We don't really know what we have there. And of course, love Trey Jones. He's one of my favorite players on this roster. He's a great ball handler. He's a guy who makes the safe decisions. He's going to you know, get your offense running, make sure it doesn't fail. But there's no one dynamic at the point guard position. So if you end up landing someone like Keontae George, um, I just don't think he can really be upset. And, and in that same breath, if you end up landing a Cam Whitmore, you know, or, or a Brandon Miller, and you say, well, you already have Keldon Johnson, those those players both have the potential to be more dynamic than Keldon. And right now, it's all about adding talent. Like, you can't pass on a player because you already have someone at that position. You can if you're a good team, but the Spurs are the furthest thing away from being a good team. They're awful. They're terrible <laughs> right now. So you got to go with the talent. And if that's where the talent is, then you can't be disappointed. Because really, who who do they have besides Trey who can handle a ball? Yeah. Uh, like, full-time. I, I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone can do that besides him right now. Yeah, but Brandon Miller's been one of these names that's really gotten a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, attention 
over the last week or so. He's moving up a lot of people's big boards right now. Um, basically, he's a six foot nine. List they list him at two hundred pounds. He's out of uh, Alabama, and he's a freshman. Uh, he's averaged about eighteen point eight points, eight point two rebounds a game, two point zero assists. The field goal shooting percentage is forty five point five. He's an intriguing big, you know, uh, that can shoot. So again, he's attractive, man. And I don't know, man, if the Spurs are at that four spot, I mean, I wouldn't be mad at if they winded up picking uh, Brandon um, Miller, you know? So again, he's intriguing, but I don't know, man. There's just some questions I have about the kid, you know, but on paper, he 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 looks like an intriguing big, you know? Yeah. And I wouldn't really classify him as a big man. He's really more of like in the vein of, like a Keldon Johnson or a Paul George where they're like a small forward, yeah. you know, they're a wing. They can put the ball on the floor a little bit. He can shoot. Well, he's shown some really nice high end defensive flashes. So like, there's a lot to like about him, but he, he'll never, you know, be a front court player. He's just, he's not particularly strong. He doesn't really have a frame that lends itself to adding a lot of muscle or bulk to that frame. So he'll probably always be rather slender, but you know, if you, if you like a player like a Brandon Ingram, you know, kind of a skinny guy who's, tall but can handle the ball and shoot a little bit sure i'm not saying that's who he is but if you're looking for someone in a similar vein who score first can shoot the ball a little bit i think that's what you're looking at but yeah there's not really a lot of top end front court you know power forward center prospects at the top of this draft you know and and that's you know if you're the spurs you kind of want that but again like it's all about talent you'll take it wherever you can get it yeah, I got to give a shout out, though, to my buddy Evan Townsend, because he's the one that showed me uh, Brandon Miller. And he'd been talking to me about Brandon Miller a while back, you know, and he just uh, released his big board. And we put that out uh, up there and I helped him make the graphics. So I'm quite proud of the big board. <laughs> <laughs> so go check out my buddy Evan Townsend over on Twitter. Um, but yeah, man, I think Brandon um, Brandon Miller's an intriguing prospect, you know, and the kid can shoot the three. He's not horrible from three, but he's not all that great either. He still needs some work. But right now, I believe he's shooting like a little under uh, 36%, right? A tad under 37. He's probably at 36, I believe 36.9% uh, currently right now from three, his three, four, three point shooting percentage, which you could still work with. You know, it's not horrible. It's not like he's 15 or 20, you know, but it's something that you could work with. Um, so again, you know, kid is intriguing, but we're going to see what happens as, as we get closer and closer to that NBA draft that'll be coming up here, um, shortly. And we have to still first get through the NBA all-star game festivities, which we're going to talk about right now. And we do have two Spurs that are going to be representing the silver and black at this year's NBA all-star festivities. We are going to have Jeremy Sohan who's going to be representing in the NBA and the Jordan rising stars uh, game. And then you have Charles Bassey, who's going to be uh, representing the Spurs on Sunday. And that is going to be, I'm trying to get the schedule here. That's going to be in the G league next up game, which is going to be available on Sunday at 3 PM Eastern time, the rising stars game. I believe that's going to be on Friday and that's going to be 9 PM Eastern time. Of course, you can go ahead and see that on TNT. The G League uh, game that you're going to see, the next up game, that can be seen on NBA TV at 3 p.m. Eastern time. So, hey, at least we got two San Antonio Spurs <laughs> that are going to be representing an all-star weekend, right, Noah? It'll be nice to have somebody there because they haven't had someone there in the last couple of years. So just having players there is, is nice. You know, you don't feel left out. Yeah, and Charles Bassey, I mean, 
I think he got that last roster spot now that the now that finally that the dust has settled and the Spurs went ahead and released. The other news to that was the Spurs released Stanley Johnson, um, you know, over the weekend here. I believe I saw it through Sham Sharnaya. Um, he went ahead and released it first and I saw it there. Um, and the Spurs had a, a roster spot open. They went ahead and signed your boy Gorgie Dang finally to a contract because they, they ran out of 10 day contracts. They had to give yeah. him a full contract finally. So good on Gorgie. I mean, he's been a team player, Noah. Uh, he's he's done his time. You know, they let him go. They brought him back for another 10 day, another 10 day, another 10 day. And then I'll finally give him a solid and say, all right, we'll sign you. We have one roster spot open. They're going to they're gonna go ahead and weigh Stanley Johnson. And they're going to go ahead and give that other roster spot to one Charles Bassey. I mean, what did you think of that? Was it expected? Surprising? No, I think it was expected. I mean, he's been a guy who played fairly well whenever Yaka Pertle was out for about seven or eight games earlier in the season. And he wasn't perfect, but he showed some flashes of being able to protect the rim, be a you know rim runner in transition, catch some lobs, you know, clean you know, clean the glass, like that kind of work that you know, maybe it's the dirty work not everybody wants to do, but, you know, he's fairly young. Uh, he went to, I believe it was St. Anthony High School in, in uh, San Antonio for his first two years of high school. So he's familiar with the area. He's been part of their G League team. He's dominated there. His, one of his last games in the G League was a 40, like 15 game where he had 40 points, 15 rebounds. So yeah. I think it made sense, right? I mean, it's easier to look internally than to find an external candidate. So that made a lot of sense. And then the Gorgie Jing thing, I think for me, like I don't, I don't care if they bring him back. I think he's good for the roster in terms of like he brings that veteran leadership. Everybody seems to really love him. I just don't want to see him on the court. But in, you know, they they've been hurt, so I, I don't blame them for putting him out there. They don't have any other choice. So, all in all, pretty predictable moves. But they're moves that I think make sense. They're not predictable moves that you walk away going, you know, why did they do that? I knew they were going to do that. They're moves that you're like, yeah, it was going to happen. But that's a good decision. You know, both of those were good decisions. So happy for both of those guys. Yeah, well, you do know that we do have some former Spurs that are up on the uh, they they can pick up in in waivers. You know, I believe it was Boban. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he Forbes. just got signed by the uh, <laughs> by the Rockets again. But Bryn Forbes, that would be funny. No. It would be funny just for the sake of having him back. But yeah, <laughs> there's and a couple have, former Spurs uh, out there. The the other former Spur that the the San Antonio Spurs just waived, uh, Dwayne Deadman. He's still, I believe, out there. They can pick him up on waivers. But Bryn Forbes, I've I've seen enough of Bryn. I, I don't want to see the Bryn Trey Trey Jones backcourt anymore. I think I've seen enough of that, Noah. So it would be a definite no. <laughs> Let's bring Patty back home instead. You know, let him finish his career out with the silver and black. You know, show him some love. Yeah, I'd rather see Patty than Bryn. That's just my my two sentiments here. But. <laughs> Let's go ahead and move forward here. Uh, another thing I wanted to go ahead and mention is an article I saw here, and it was you explaining um, really what the Pelicans are getting in one Josh Richardson. And this was an, uh, uh, an article I saw here on Fansighted, and they were actually talking to, they said, a Spurs analyst. So I was like, Ooh, <laughs> fancy with the names now, Noah. So you are a Spurs analyst, but it was a good article uh, written by Matt Issa. So it was written a day ago. So make sure you go and check that out on Fansided. But you want to go ahead and tell the peeps, you know, kind of what you were saying about what the Pelicans are getting in, in Richardson? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're a Spurs fan, you know what Josh Richardson brought to the court, right? He was, to me, uh, you know, really selfless. He came to the Spurs in that Derek White trade. He had, you know, three or four games where he was just a DNP coach's decision, you know, just sitting on the on the bench and never once, you know, was he frowning, never once did he look frustrated. He was there 
you know, putting his arm around young guys when they came to the bench, talking to them, letting them know, hey, you know, you made a mistake, but here's how you can get better. And then once he started getting on the court, you know, he could have been upset that, oh my gosh, you know, Trey Jones is playing ahead of me. Uh, you've got, you know, Devin Vassell who's getting touches ahead of me. You know, at the time he probably could have been upset, but he accepted the role as just another guy on the court who shoots the three ball, plays some defense, and occasionally, you know, runs the pick and roll when he's with the the bench unit. But he was just, to me, a, a guy who was maybe not that valuable for San Antonio for what they were trying to do in terms of, you know, get a better draft pick. And they realized everything that he brought to, you know, the roster, the locker room, and they moved him to a team that can offer him a chance to compete, which, you know, for everything that he did, he deserves it. So really happy for Josh Richardson. It is a little tough to see him go because he was one of their few competent players every night, but you know, it had to happen. It had to happen that he could have walked for nothing this summer and you don't want that to happen. So I think it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, it is a win-win for everyone, you know? So another thing I wanted to talk about here too, you know, uh, now that you're, we just mentioned your article, now the article that you're a part of here on Fansided, um, is the Spurs record. I mean, man, uh, I'm Yikes. going to hit this off of Paul Garcia, our good friend Paul Garcia. He says the Spurs are, they fall to 0 and 40 when trailing by double digits in a game this season. It, it it does not bode well. I think you can copy and paste every time you see them falling behind in the first quarter. You can say, okay, copy. Spurs are going to fall behind the first quarter almost every single game. And then you're going to hit pace because the outcome is going to be they're going to try to get back into the game. They make a run in the third or the fourth quarter, a valiant run at that. And then all for naught because in those final minutes, it's usually at that eight-minute mark, five-minute mark, the game gets out of control. They fall and apart. Yeah. They fall apart. And that's it. That's all she wrote, you know. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, that's a telling sign right there of the San Antonio Spurs and where they're currently at, you know. And just to show you where they're at in the grand scheme of things, there's, four, there's a couple of teams here that <laughs> – I mean, they all have uh, a thing. Was it forty-three losses? I think already on the t uh, uh, on the season, and that's going to be the Hornets, the Spurs, the Rockets. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, <laughs> and and they're just not they're just not very good. They're fourteen and forty-three overall, five and twenty-two on the road, nine and thirteen versus the East, zero oh and four on the current rodeo road trip. And I got to be honest with you, Noah. After looking at you know the schedule for the rodeo road trip. I thought the best chance that the Spurs had at winning a game was going to be against the Pistons, but they dropped that one in double overtime. I don't really see them winning a game on this rodeo road trip, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's a tough one. I, I don't exactly know who's left on the rodeo road trip, so I, I can't tell you exactly who the opponent's going to be, but just based on the basketball that they've been playing recently and having lost Jakob and having lost uh, Josh Richardson, Joe, it's hard to see them ending the 12-game losing streak they're on. And it's actually their second double-digit losing streak of the season. So one of the longest yeah. in Spurs. It's going to be the one of the longest in Spurs franchise history. I think the record is 13, you know, and they might be. And that. they could set a new one. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. They could set a new one. So I'm not exactly rooting for them to get, you know, beat up every night. I definitely don't want the team morale to go down, but the losses are good in the long run. And as long as they're playing and they're getting development out of it and they're learning lessons and pops trying to hold the guys accountable, I think that's really all you can ask, right? Because at least you're not the Rockets where they say, Hey, you're young. We're bad. Our goal is to be bad. 
do whatever you want. You know, like that doesn't help anybody. And they've improved a little bit, but that's kind of been their mindset all season. It's hard to get young guys out of bad habits. And the Spurs are trying yeah. to instill these good practices in young guys. So lose or win, at least they're trying to do something good. And here's the the rest of the schedule for the rodeo road trip. The Spurs are going to play the Cavaliers, which will be at today on Monday, you know, at 6 yeah. o'clock p.m. I don't think that's going to bode well for the Spurs because the Cavaliers are coming off a six-game win streak. And the Spurs are on, what, their 12? They're, they're on a 12-game losing, losing streak. I mean, you can do the math there. <laughs> and then after the Cavaliers, they play the Hornets. Okay. Another team that's, you know, bottom feeders like the, the San Antonio Spurs. But I think the Hornets are going to be better than the Spurs, especially on the road. It's going to be hard for them to come up with that, come out of there with the win, in my opinion. I hope I'm wrong. At least they get I one. mean, they lost to the Hornets by almost 40 on opening night, and that was with, like, their entire roster before there yeah. were any, you know, results or expectations or – I mean, it, was, it wasn't even close. And now they have Gordon Hayward back and – the rest of their roster, like LaMelo Ball has returned and he's in a good rhythm. So, I mean, they could beat them because they are a bad team, but the yeah. Spurs just are kind of a level below even them. <laughs> They're even worse than that. <laughs> and then after the Hornets, you have the Mavericks and then you have the Jazz back to back. And then they finally come home and who do they get to play? The Pacers. And then after that, they play the Rockets back to back. So I'm like, it's going to be a battle for the for the for the worst team for the worst record in in the NBA, the worst team in the NBA. Battle uh, to the bottom. Battle of the bottom. <laughs> exactly right. So it's going to be tough. I mean, I was kind of talking with my buddy uh, Paul Garcia here, and I was telling him, I'll be honest with you, Paul. You know, kind of conversations that we have behind the scenes. I'm like, I really don't see this team winning, you know, more than five games the rest of the season. You know, I'm I'm honestly, I just I just don't see it. I mean, I think we had a lot of people had the Spurs winning between 20 and 23 games this season. And I think it's going to be hard pressed for them to actually get past uh, winning at least 19 to 20 games. You know, just the way that the team is structured currently, you know, so not a bad thing. I mean, team's going to wanting to rebuild. I mean, losing helps, right, Noah? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, losing helps. You certainly don't want to see them win five games for the rest of the season because that would be tough. I think that, you know, they yeah. may sneak a few out of there. I mean, as bad as the Rockets have been this, and, and as bad as the Spurs have been, every time the Spurs have played the Rockets, there's just like a difference in competency on the court. And it's shown in the Spurs have won, right? And I think the same thing for the Jazz coming up here. I mean, they kind of cleared house to a degree and they've really hit the reset button. I think they realized like, okay, we had a good run, but really, we don't have anyone outside of Laurie Markkinen. Like the, and, and you can't win with just Laurie Markkinen. So I, I expect the teams that are bad, like the Spurs are in that, you know, Victor Wimbanyama sweepstakes, I expect them to kind of compete hard for that. And by competing hard, I mean trying to lose. So they may yeah. try to lose with the Spurs. And you know Pop is never trying to lose. So de facto, they may win just because they are trying to win and the other team is trying to lose. So we'll see. I hope that's not the case where they only win a couple more games, but it's kind of hard to disagree with you. I mean, if they get to 22, 23 wins, I think that'd be pretty, they'd be hard pressed to reach that. That's a tough goal. Yeah. That would be a moral victory if, if that in fact did happen. But you know, I'm, I'm on the other side of that. I'm like, if they, if I see growth from the young core and they continue to lose and let's say they don't win 20 games, they win 19 games. I think it still helps morale because they show that they are capable of, 
even better things next season. They have things they got to work on. But as long as you can see some of that growth occurring, which we are uh, from this younger core, that that's a good thing. You know, it shows that the team is on that right path to resetting these wrongs that have happened this season. And hopefully they'll win a few more games next season, even if they are to get a, a top pick in the NBA draft. Let's be perfectly honest with the current roster that they have, adding a number one pick that could have potentially be a franchise changing player will most likely translate into them winning just a few more games. It's not going to be a miraculous turnaround like what happened with the Spurs when they drafted one David Robinson. I'm not expecting that to happen, but I am expecting that if they get a top pick, they'll win a few more games than they won in the previous season, you know? So one of the things I'd like to talk about real quick here too is some news that I heard from Bally Sports. Uh, Bally Sports is expected to file bankruptcy this season, uh, this week, should I say. And with the regional sports network, the way they have that, they have contracts with not only the NBA, the MLB, and NHL. So right now this is all up in the air because currently from what I was reading on, on an article that I saw online, Bally currently has about $585 million cash in hand, but they owe $2 billion in fees to teams this year. The math doesn't add up. And then currently for this particular month in February, they need to pay out $140 million in an interest payment that is due in mid-February but if they go ahead and file the bankruptcy, it's going to start a 30-day grace period for the company to kind of restructure these deals with not only the MLB, the NHL, but also the NBA. So now that we know that Bally Sports is kind of the carrier for Spurs games, how is that going to affect those who actually ingest their sports or watch sports by just, let's say, getting that Bally Sports Plus, the streaming service? Because, um, you know, there's a lot of cord cutters right now. And getting that Bally Sports Plus does help some of the people uh, watch Spurs games. So if you don't have NBA League Pass, Bally Sports Plus is the way you're going to go. And if you can't watch Spurs games no longer on Bally Sports Plus, because let's say if they can't pay and they can't show these games, maybe the NBA rescinds the offer and they're like, you know what, we're just going to show these games from now on on League Pass. You've had, you want to tell us a story about the League Pass. So Let's let us know what you're thinking about this whole ordeal. Well, first, I, I do have League Pass and it's been fine this season, but I think it like when you do not live or when you do live in San Antonio, rather, all the games on League Pass, and I believe it's in like a 50 mile radius of the city where your team plays, they black out the games. You cannot watch the games. So I don't know how that impacts that, but potentially if you're a Spurs fan and you're buying that package that says, Hey, you know, this is the team I want to watch and you know, you go to play a game and all of a sudden, oh, it's blacked out. You can't play it. Well, that sucks, right? I mean, I, I had a similar experience where I bought a single game to watch the Spurs play a preseason game. And when I went to play it, it said, you know, this broadcast is not available. And I told him, okay, well, you know, I paid for it. Why did you let me pay for it if it was blacked out? And we went back and forth and back and forth with like three different people on their, <laughs> on their, uh, you know, their customer service. And then by the time it was done, they were like, oh, I, I think I get what was going on here. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll have a refund to you in two weeks, which, you know, $4.99 isn't the end of the world. But imagine having hundreds, thousands of, you know, fans who are experiencing something similar where they're buying something and then they didn't realize it was blacked out or, you know, they're buying something and then all of a sudden they weren't 
you know, they didn't realize it was blacked out. Maybe they, they weren't informed. So I don't know. It could be messy, but at the end of the day, like it's already kind of iffy with the Bally sports plus thing from what I've heard for fans that it's not even that great of a service to begin with. It's a little wonky and I'll be perfectly honest with you. The best experience that I've had with Bally sports plus has been on my desktop computer. If you're watching it on a desktop computer, it's probably the best viewing experience you're going to have. But once you start getting on the app, let's say on a smart device, let's say you get your smartphone, it's a little weird there. Sometimes it, it works. Sometimes it doesn't. It'll cut out. You have a, a plethora of issues. The same thing occurs on occasion when you're watching Bally Sports Plus as an app through your, your, your smart TV. Sometimes you're watching, no problems. Other times it, it just doesn't work right or there's a delay or something happens where it, it just kicks you out and you got to go back in and you're like, I was watching the game. And I mean, for, for somebody who's paying 20 something dollars a month to watch, you know, the San Antonio Spurs or some of the other regional sports offerings that they have from the other teams that are in your selected area, that's not really what you want. You want a good, smooth transition the whole time. And it needs some work. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think they should have just released it in its current iteration. I think they should have, you know, fixed some of the bugs, the gremlins that it had, because eh, it's okay, you know. But, of course, you have to be on a desktop to get the best viewing experience. And let's be honest. Are you going to be at a desktop computer watching the game? Probably not. You're going to be in the comfort of a recliner or a sofa wanting to yeah. watch it in your living room like everybody else, you know. But, man, I think Bally right now is in, in, in a bad space because, I mean, another thing that I got from the article is that Bally, again, $8.6 billion in debt. And by them filing bankruptcy, Sinclair is hoping to, you know, strike a deal to, to keep the channels in operation and keep the, the, chan the, the venue going uh, where they can still, you know, continue to, you know, stream games to, to the customers that have already paid. And if you're on a month to month, it's not so bad. But if you paid for let's say a whole season in advance, and then all of a sudden that's taken away from you, what's going to happen? You've already paid in advance. Are you going to be able to recoup that money? Probably not, you know? So those fans might be left holding the bag. So overall, it's not a good good look on Bally Sports. I mean, they were acquired after, they they acquired this, or was it the Diamond Sports Network, I believe, had to go ahead and re release uh, Bally Sports or Fox Sports at that time because Disney acquired that when they went ahead and purchased uh, Fox in general. So they had to release that in order to get the deal done. So then it was acquired by Bally. Um, but man, it's, it's a shame though, to see how much uh, money is, is needed just to be able to legally uh, show these games and, and then charge for the streaming service. I mean, that's something that I, I don't know. I'm going to have to take a good look at this and plan what I'm going to do next year. How am I going to watch these games? You know, and the, the sad part is, is that Bally just did never wanted to come to terms with, let's say, Hulu, YouTube TV and some of the other streaming offerings. They could never come to a deal that was, hey, this the numbers work for everybody all around the board. Because from what I was hearing from the other uh, streaming services is that Bally was charging such an exuberant price. They weren't willing to pass that off to their customers because who's going to want to pay another $20 on top of what you're paying already for some of these streaming services, you know? So definitely something to keep an eye on if you're a Spurs fan or a sports fan in general. Keep an eye on what's going on with Valley Sports and their streaming services. Another thing that we're going to talk about here as we bring this show to a close is the Super Bowl occurred, Noah. I'm sure you watched <laughs> some of that. 
what did you think about some of the commercials? To me, honestly, I didn't have any commercial that really stood out at me that was like, hey, this was a really good commercial. It was so funny. I just felt it was a little ho-hum. I mean, did you have anything that stood out at you? Not really. It's kind of sad. I kind of feel like the last couple of years, commercials have, or at least the Super Bowl commercials have kind of gone downhill a little bit. Maybe they're running out of ideas. Like even like the one commercial that kind of stuck with me, the Blue Moon commercial, where it was like, can't remember the two beers even at the beginning where they were like fighting. And then at the end, it was like, that wasn't a commercial for them. It's actually a commercial for Blue Moon. Like it was weird, but not yeah. creative. And it wasn't really that entertaining. And it didn't leave me going like, oh yeah, I really like Blue Moon. And I do, I do like Blue Moon, but it didn't make me want to have Blue Moon any more than it did really before cool. I saw the commercial. So <laughs> yeah, just it, it, it wasn't great. I, I also saw the the guys from Scrubs were with John Travolta for like that yeah. Grease commercial or whatever. I don't even remember what brand it was. It was a progressive or so. I don't oh, know. I don't mobile. They were T-Mobile. See like their 5G yeah. uh, home, at home internet. See the fact that I can't even remember what brand that was. That's just not good. It's not a good look. So yeah, there was, there was quite a few commercials that I just, what about I the, saw Breaking and they commercial? the Breaking Bad one was good. The I did popular. like that. With Jesse Pinkman and yeah. and Walter White it making the uh the chips in their in their little uh RV thing that was cool I did like that commercial so I'll I'll give props to that one but most of the other ones were just kind of eh like the, yeah it's fine yeah the Tubi one was nightmare fuel they had like some big old rabbit and it was coming at you just looking behind a tree and then they showed the rabbit come out I was like if I was a kid and I was watching this I'd probably be crying <laughs> dude. <laughs> I do. <laughs> weird. Some of the commercials are just playing out weird, you know? I agree with you. And I think the, I must have missed that. I, on my way to the Super Bowl, there was a huge accident out where I live going across a bridge where, like, the only way to get there is going across the bridge because it's across a body of water. Oh. And I got stuck in traffic for an hour. We left super early to get to the Super Bowl party we were going to early. And then we didn't show up until the middle of the first quarter. So I, I probably missed that commercial. But it doesn't sound like I missed that much in terms yeah. of the Super Bowl ads. So kind of disappointing, but maybe they'll do better next year. Yeah, if you showed up an hour late to a Super Bowl per, a Super Bowl party, should I say, and you didn't bring any beverages, oh, man, that's a party. <laughs> but if you brought something to drink, you have been forgiven. We right had away. food and drinks. We had there food and drinks. So we were, we, we, were had, we were all ready. We were prepared. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what did you think about the halftime show? I got to ask you about Rihanna, you know? I thought it was really good. I like Rihanna a lot. I like her music. All the transitions were really smooth. I think she also had like a sort of pregnancy announcement where she like had yeah. like rubbed her belly and then confirmed it afterwards. So the fact that she got up there was on those like high wires on those platforms. I thought it was really good. And another thing that I thought maybe like kind of flew under the radar, really smart marketing from them. It was the dancers, all the dances they were doing were pretty simple and repeatable. And in the age of social media where TikTok is king and, you know, everybody wants to see the dances that they saw on TV and they want to replicate them, that's an easy way to remember a performance. Because now I think everybody's going to go on TikTok. They're going to want to do those dances. They're going to want to talk about the little marshmallow men on the, on the field. So yeah. good on them. Like, it, I thought it was good from start to finish. And I'll have to hand it to her. A lot of the Super Bowl performances, whether it was Coldplay, whether it was the Black Eyed Peas, it was just bad. Like even Justin Timberlake a few years ago, not great. Yeah. And their, their singing was a little off. They were missing notes. You couldn't really hear them. Rihanna did have her tracks playing over while she was singing. But when she was singing, it was good. 
it was yeah. genuinely good. So all in all, I thought it was one of the better Super Bowl performances from, I guess, that perspective. But it, it could have been better. It always could be better. But I thought it was really good. I liked it. You didn't get the Smash Brother vibes off of the floating platforms, man. You know what? I didn't even think about it that way. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like that. I like that. That's creative. I was like, I was ready to pick up my controller, man. I'll take controller <laughs> of Rihanna. Let's who are we going to be fighting, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Yeah, so I was like, I got Smash Brother vibes when I saw the platforms and how they kind of panned out and they showed them all there. I'm like, looks like a level right out of Smash Brothers, man. <laughs> if you're if you're a fan of that. But either way, I thought she did a great job, you know, especially her being pregnant. I was scared for her too, being that high up in that the high, air. Yeah. And that platform looked a little shaky. Like you didn't want it to move moving. too much. Yeah, it was moving. Yeah. yeah. So I think she did good. She held it down, man. And I, who knew, you know, like once you start listening to her songs and her, you know, the whole performance and everything, it's like, man, Rihanna had a whole bunch of bangers, dude. Like you forget how good she was, you know? She's got an insanely big catalog of like yeah. hits, like number one hits. Yeah. Her music has been good for a long time. She hasn't put out new music in like five years, but yeah. I mean, it's impressive that she could just come out there, do like 10 songs. And then there's probably another 12 that were like, where were those? Like, yeah, she's she's incredible. I really love Rihanna. She's a great performer, great artist. I, I think she did a wonderful job. Yeah. So one of the few things that I, I took away, too, from, you know, the, the Super Bowl commercials were the teasers for the trailers. You know, like I saw the, the trailer for Fast X, you know, Fast and the Furious 10. I'm like. And the and the series already, man. <laughs> Come on. You know, what are they going to wind up doing with these guys? Putting them out there in wheelchairs already? I, I mean, I'm, the, the trailer made the movie look a little interesting. Will I watch it? Probably. You know, I'll probably go and watch it. But I'm like everybody else. I'm kind of getting tired of it. Um, the Ant-Man trailer, they showed some more stuff in the Ant-Man trailer. I was like, okay, this was kind of interesting. And, and the other one was The Flash. To me, The Flash was the big one. I, I liked the trailer for The Flash. Thought it was interesting. You know. From what I just told you from these three, you know, movie trailers that they tease and you could watch the full trailers on YouTube. Um, which one did you really get excited for? Probably Ant-Man because I really like Paul Rudd and I enjoyed the other Ant-Man movies. And to be honest, I'm not like a very big Ezra Miller fan. He's a weird dude off of the screen and <laughs> yeah, he had all sorts of controversy with him, like choking women and hitting women and like slapping fans and yeah. just a weird dude. So I'm not really that interested. Plus like, and I hate to say it for the people who love the DC movies, but like their franchise kind of sucks. Like there've been some good movies here and there. Like Batman was really good. The standalone yeah. Joker movie was solid. I liked the first wonder woman, but like outside of that, like all the movies kind of sucked, especially. And, and I know this is going to make people mad, but the extended Zach's, Snyder oh, cut of four hour Justice plus League. that was four hours of of my life i will never get back i i regret watching that that was awful like they didn't need to be longer than the original no i actually i was on my phone for most of it because it was like the first one was already long making it longer didn't help like that didn't and the cgi was still bad like cyborg looked weird i just you know it it, it's, it didn't it doesn't stack up to marvel and then the last one was the other movie the the not fantastic the the driver the driving movie the fast and furious x whatever yeah they just it's not it's not doing it for me hasn't done it for me since tokyo <laughs> drift man like they need they oh, needed to stop man. they're at what they're at x now 10, 10 extended family is that what it's called like with uh with <laughs> i don't know what you're diesel he loves family it's all about familia yeah i man i i can't i can't watch any more of those movies i can't even see the trailers for those movies i'm i'm over it i can't do <laughs> it, it anymore interesting it looked interesting i think this <laughs> last one is in two parts so it's not only going to be at 10 i think you have 11 
too. So I mean, oh. um, um, that's an it's just an extra, you know, cash grab there by the studio. I mean, they got to make their money somehow, some way. But I think it's uh, going to be Vin Diesel's swan song, man. You, you got to let the thank dude God, <laughs> let thank him God. retire. <laughs> doesn't have very much range as an actor, you know. <laughs> no, and you know what? More so than letting him retire, let people retire him. Like the people deserve better than that. Come on, <laughs> I, they don't want to see him anymore. Please let him be Groot. Say two words, get his paycheck, and leave. For, I uh, for the uh... <laughs> you had the Guardians of the Galaxy. 3 That's the best he's ever done. That's yeah. the best he's that and the Pacifier. When I was a kid, oh, that was that was no, those are the only movies there. you can get me to watch with him. Other than he that, I'm not interested in Vin Diesel. Please get him off my screen, please. Man, <laughs> I had forgotten about that. The pacifier. You had to bring that one up. Oh God. Uh, it's a, it was a solid movie from my childhood. I'll never forget it. It was a great movie. At least when I was a kid. I haven't seen it since I was like six or seven. So it's been about yeah. 20 years, but the I'll irony. take that any day. I'll take the that irony any day. In that movie, man. <laughs> that irony in that movie is because every time I go to my doctor's office. They always have that film on. I'm like, put a movie in there, please. Like, change the disc, man. You know, it's like, come on. You know, I'm tired of watching the pacifier. <laughs> Every time I go for a checkup or something, I was like, again, the pacifier, we still got this thing on. And then I was laughing because one of my buddies sent me a text and it's like, oh, he goes, did you see that Disney just confirmed that they're going to make another Toy Story, Toy Story 5. And they showed a picture of Ben Affleck, you know, the one where he's smoking the cigarette and he has his eyes <laughs> And they put the Woody hat on and they go, yeah, I'm tired, partner. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> that had me laughing. That was pretty funny. All right, man. So we're going to go ahead and bring this show to a close here. And you can go ahead and make sure to follow Noah Magaro George on Twitter. On the Twitters, he's at N underscore Magaro. Uh, and, you know, he's doing his thing now with Air Alamo. So go ahead and follow him and check out Air Alamo. And shout out to our buddy over there, Josh Perez. And Ty Yeager, Ty has also joined up with Air Alamo, I saw. So good luck to you guys, man. And anything else you want to go ahead and say that you might have coming up or working on? Yeah, so, I mean, as, as you mentioned, I switched over to Air Alamo. I'm running things over there right now. But uh, our podcast from SB Nation, uh, Alamo City Limits, they were gracious enough to give us the name. So we're taking the name. We're changing oh. networks. Uh, we're in the process of getting the subscriber feed. So as soon as that's back, we'll be back. But if you haven't seen a podcast in a while, that's why, you know, we're in, we're in the transition process, but really excited to get that started up again. Really excited to keep writing. And we've got some good writers at, at our site right now that are kind of integrating with me. So really excited to get things going there because there's a, there's a good group of people there and we're excited to just try to make something special there. So appreciate you yeah. having me, Joe, and hopefully we can do this again real soon. Yeah, we're going to have to have a roundtable discussion. I want to get you and Ty and Josh kind of get the gang back together and have a, a roundtable <laughs> discussion. I'm sure that'll go over pretty good, you know. For sure, yeah. Now I'm down whenever. Yeah, so you can go ahead and also follow me at Two Shots Podcast. And like always, you know, you can go ahead and make sure you, you like, share, subscribe to the content that not only Noah's creating out there, not only with Air Alamo, but also go ahead and give love to his YouTube channel because I know he's going to have great things coming out through his YouTube channel once he gets back on, on board with uh, <laughs> Alamo City Limits here. So make sure you check out Noah's uh, YouTube. I'm all on YouTube as well under Two Shots Podcast. So make sure you like, subscribe, and share to both our shows. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, be kind. We're out. Peace. Peace.